Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 28 of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. This episode is for the week of January 11th, 2021. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Brian Reynolds, Vice President of Marketing uh, of Episcopal Retirement Services, and I'm here with Kristen Davenport, our Director of Communication for ERS and our Executive Producer. How are you, Kristen? Happy 2021. Absolutely, Brian. It's good to be here. It's good to be in a new year and uh, to get back to doing our podcast together. It's good to talk with you. Yeah, I think I missed it over the holidays. So I'm I'm anxious to start off uh, 2021. Uh, and uh, I think we got a great, great first episode. So you want to tell us about it? Yeah, you bet. So uh, on with uh, us today is our uh Dr. Jeff Schlaudiger, who is uh, an ERS medical director, uh, known affectionately around uh, the ERS communities, just as Dr. Jeff, he joins Brian today. And Brian also will be uh, checking in with President and CEO, Lara Lamb. And uh, Lara will have some updates for us, some important uh, things happened over uh, the holidays and into the new year. It'll be great to, to hear from Lara. Yeah, and just as a reminder, the Linkage podcast is dedicated to educating our audience about uh, issues regarding aging, informing people about the mission of ERS and how that comes to life in our everyday interactions with residents, clients, families, and staff members. So with that being said, Kristen, do you want to introduce our first guest? Well, Dr. Jeff joined Brian this week to talk about uh, all things COVID-19, including, of course, the vaccine. Dr. Jeff has joined us this year as the medical director for ERS, and uh, he's been with us to uh, navigate everything uh, uh, having to do with uh, how to stay safe, how to protect ourselves. So I'm looking forward to hearing uh, your conversation, Brian, with Dr. Jeff. So I'm here this week with uh, Dr. Jeff Schlodecker. He, Dr. Jeff is our uh, medical director for Marjorie P. Lee and Dupree House. Uh, welcome, Dr. Jeff. How are you? Brian, thanks. I'm, I'm good and glad to be here and get to talk with you a little bit more about the vaccine. Yeah, thank Hot you. topic. Yeah, very, very much so. And I know there's a lot of it excitement amongst our residents and staff, but there's a lot of questions out there um, amongst the general public and, and our residents and staff members. And I know you joined us last week for, the, uh, for a staff meeting and uh, appreciate you joining to maybe answer some questions. I just want to start in our introductions and, and, and understand your reasoning you know, for getting into working with older adults and, and joining Episcopal Retirement Services as, as one of our medical directors. Oh, sure. Glad to start off and um, tell my story a little bit. So I um, came to Cincinnati for medical school uh, a little over 20 years ago. I love telling the medical students that I started my medical studies in the 1900s. Um, which is is a, a fun piece of history. And um, my wife and I actually together finished medical school in 2003. I did training in family medicine and geriatrics and have really always loved older adults. I just, I love the wealth of experiences, um, getting to learn from good and bad um, that they've lived through. It's just an incredibly rewarding um, group of patients with whom to work. 
Great. And, and you mentioned your wife uh, and, and her um, medical background as well. And I understand she's had some unique experience and research with the vaccines over the last year. You're right, Brian. It has been an exciting time in our household. A, a geriatric nursing home um, medical director um, married to a pediatric infectious disease physician who actually is a respiratory virus researcher. She has wow. studied with the CDC um, flu vaccine as the primary previous respiratory virus, big killer um, for the last decade. Um, wow. And she specifically studies vaccine safety mm -hmm. um, in looking at pregnant women. And so obviously with COVID, uh, I remember we were actually on a weekend away from our three great kids, but we were out hiking in Boulder, Colorado oh, wow. uh, in very early March. And she started getting blown up phone calls from the CDC uh, of really planning for the pandemic. And wow. honestly, that was a, a real part of me being confident in the safety of this vaccine is that I know she has been uh, involved in hearing about all of the potential concerns and just that she has been a real, you know, non-government doesn't work for drug companies, but a bystander of this whole safety process for right. 10 months now. Right. Right. Well, and that's great. And so knowing you understand the safety profile of the vaccine, I know you've received your first dose uh, of the vaccine, correct? I did, Brian. I got my first dose on Christmas Eve Eve um, mm -hmm. because I also do, um, I predominantly worked as a hospital geriatrician for at least a decade at the Christ Hospital and, uh, and still mm -hmm. do some coverage there. And so I was eligible to get a vaccine um, when they got their Moderna shipment at the end of uh, December. And so I got my first dose then and I get my follow-up booster in about a week. Wow. Wow. That's great. And you have this rich medical background and I know you have this professional opinion of, of getting the vaccine, but personally, why is was it so important to you to get the vaccine? Brian, it was so important to get the vaccine because this is a terrible time and especially for older adults. And it's not just the you know coming up on 400,000 Americans dead of COVID, but tracking that from the beginning, almost a third of these deaths have been in nursing homes. And for me, the story really doesn't end there. That's really just the beginning of the heartache of the COVID pandemic in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the, the listeners, I think, will not be surprised at all about just the incredible emotional, physical, and spiritual toll that the separation of families yeah. Uh, out of our buildings uh, has taken on our residents and on our staff. Mm -hmm. um, it's just an incredibly hard time um, for everyone to be uh, involved in the care of, of vulnerable older adults, especially those living in nursing homes and retirement communities. Right. That's not to say it hasn't been worth um, the attempt to, to mitigate the risk and have less uh, yeah. death, but I, I think it's hard to not be cognizant every day of how different it is in these um, communities without the interaction of um, visiting chaplains and friends and families and art therapists and musicians and all the rich and, and all the rich things that make these great places to live mm -hmm. without them. 
Um, it's a reminder every day of the toll of this pandemic. And if uh, the vaccine is one way to bring it towards its conclusion, sign me up and I, I couldn't wait. Right. And I, I think, you know, you and I have this unique perspective of working with older adults and understanding how our actions and behaviors can impact them. But for the general public, what, what would you say to them that are maybe questioning, and, and we'll get into more questions about the, the, some of the, the details about the vaccine, but what would you say to them about the importance of the role of the general public to get vaccinated? I think it's important for the general public to, to become vaccinated when their time comes so that we can keep our most vulnerable people safe um, and so that we can get out of these restrictions um, that are having such a big impact on our lives. Uh, I think it's true that if, if COVID has not had a huge impact on your life and the restrictions aren't keeping you from doing what you want to be doing, you're part of the problem. Mm -hmm. And you're why we have to have all these restrictions. Um, so I think what I say to, um, to my friends and to small business owners and, and folks who are struggling um, because they haven't seen firsthand maybe the emotional toil that I have or that my wife has, um, right. one, I try to tell them some of these stories of, of just heartache that this virus has brought, um, but also to just ask them to please do their part. And that means... Um, getting vaccinated to keep our community safe. Well said. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. People have a lot of questions about the vaccine. I think there's a sentiment that it was created so quickly and there's some nervousness about that. But, um, and I know, I think a big reason that people are nervous are about potential side effects. What are some of the side effects that you've seen or, and how can they be maybe even mitigated if, if possible? Good question about side effects, Brian. The side effects for this one, um, so far for the two approved vaccines, the Pfizer uh, and the Moderna, are are really minimal. Um, very, very rare. You know, it's an intramuscular shot. Um, there has to be an, uh, something that calls the injection to the attention of your immune system. That's how vaccines work. Right. Uh, and so to do that, there's some kind of adjuvant that stirs up some, uh, and the way that the immune system responds to something new is right. just with inflammation and some irritation. And so that shot that goes into the muscle, there's going to be some, some soreness or maybe some swelling, some warmth of a, a, a small group of people, it's been less than 1% are having what we call systemic. They might feel feverish or achy, um, but that's really been, been very rare. Um, mm -hmm. So again, the side effects are very small. And then um, I think we have, we're now closing in on 10 million Americans vaccinated with these two approved vaccines now. Mm -hmm. And of those 10 million, we're still at literally a, a couple of handfuls of serious side effects. All those have been allergies. Mm -hmm. um, they've all been in, uh, almost all been in folks with real documented allergies before. They think it's related to uh, one particular um, polyethylene glycol molecule in the vaccine. Mm -hmm. um, there have been no, nobody seriously ill from this, no fatalities, no right. hospital admissions, nothing like that. So again, on the, on the landmark of approaching 10 million vaccines, um, this is incredibly safe and something that we have growing confidence in. That's great to hear. And if people do maybe get a, a bit of a, a side effect, what, what advice would you give to them? 
You know, Brian, my biggest advice for a, a small side effect soreness uh, in the arm at the injection site is to recognize that this is how vaccines work and to let your body do its job. Um, your arm is sore because that is signaling to the immune system, come make antibodies to this foreign, um, you know, I'll, I'll say invader in air quotes, but this this vaccine right. substance has, has been injected into the muscle. It's supposed to be sore. So... Um, my arm was sore the day after, and maybe a little bit on the second day. Um, and I was able to just remind myself if it was so sore that it would have gotten in the way of doing things I needed to do at home or at work, um, then I would have just taken some ibuprofen or some Tylenol. Um, and, uh, I don't think there would be any problems and certainly there are recommendations to go ahead and, um, and use over the counter things to decrease inflammation. I know this was asked at our staff meeting last week. Are there any um, underlying conditions that are maybe more at risk for side effects or any, any risk, high risk groups that are at risk for more side effects? You know, Brian, thus far, we haven't seen any high risk groups or people who are struggling. That includes people with chronic conditions, with immunocompromised on immunomodulating um, drugs or drugs that impact the immune system. It has still been um, tolerated extremely well in all those populations. Uh, and so right now, no, no restriction. The initial trial of 50,000 people had a good chunk of older adults in it as well. They responded equally well um, with over 90%, 95% um, protection. And, um, and, and right now there are no restrictions with the, the little caveat that probably if someone has had a recent diagnosis of COVID, um, they've had as dis, a, an actual positive test for COVID, mm -hmm. um, it's recommended that they consider waiting 90 days okay. before getting vaccinated. It definitely, you don't want to be vaccinated within those first 14 days uh, of testing positive, uh, at least for the first 10, you're contagious and mm -hmm. we don't want you exposing healthcare workers who are doing vaccine clinics, et cetera. Right. Um, but there's some thought that probably waiting 90 days to let your body mount its own immune response first, and then secondarily to uh, be vaccinated three months down the road. Great. That was going to be one of my other questions about if you've had COVID, should you get it? So thank you for answering that. Um, I, another question by our staff last week was about other vaccines, like for, for tetanus or, or other things. Is it Would it be okay to get those near each other? Or are there any medications you might stay away from or might be a danger that you, you might have heard of? Um, right now, we are recommending the vaccine go on without any change in um, blood thinners, um, medicines that impact the immune system. There's, there are not any medicines that you need to change around uh, how you take prior to getting the vaccine. Uh, and um, as far as other vaccines, you know, it really just isn't known. Because of these trials, we did not um, we did not study giving the COVID vaccines with other vaccines, and so if we want to get that same response, um, I want a ninety five percent chance of being protected after my vaccine. Then I I want to not get in the way of that by you know also doing something else uh, and having another uh, having another vaccine. So I've seen some general writing that says just put off by two weeks. Um, and separate it from, from other vaccines. 
And then I think they're also at this point, they're, they're starting to study as you talked about your, your, your wife has a specialty in pregnancy, but they're going to start studying pregnant women and children in, coming up in upcoming trials. Yep. That's right. And, and about, do you know how long that process is? Is that what you think that will be another three, four, six months for that? Um, study or, you know, or it's, it's unknown because we're going to have to, uh, to some extent, everything pregnancy related has to wait that whole gestational 40 week period. Yeah. Um, so folks who conceive the day that they get their COVID vaccine and are celebrating that night and conceive a baby, um, right. we're going to have to wait some time. That's part of what makes this the novel. It's the novel part of the novel coronavirus is yeah. we just don't know. And we've got to, we've got to wait. Yeah. Yeah. So one, one last question, Dr. Jeff. And I, so once a person receives the vaccine, are, are they protected forever? Or are they going to need boosters? What, what's the thinking on that right now? Um, how long um, protection lasts after the COVID vaccine is not known. Um, as I said, uh, that's the novel part of it. The right. first trial um, folks were given the vaccine over the summer. So the longest we could possibly know now is six or seven months, right. um, how long their protection lasts. Um, I've read some of the experts are thinking that um, duration of, of um, protection after vaccine is probably going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of two to 10 years. Wow. Uh, and so, you know, will there be boosters needed? Um, I think we'll have to wait and see what the timing is. Um, but the protection we think is certainly going to be um, more long lasting than after natural infection, um, which we thought initially was probably three months. There's some recent studies that it might be for some um, or, or even hopefully a majority of people longer than three months, uh, mm -hmm. as long as six or eight months. Um, but we're hoping for even better um, protection than that. Right. There's still so much to learn. There is, but you know, I, we're we're all I think really heartened by um, studies that have shown as soon as twelve days after the vaccine, your mm. protection starts to ramp up, yeah. um, and really hits its peak um, around the time at three to four weeks after uh, when you're due for that second booster vaccine, mm -hmm. um, and so uh, it it really was. Um, I think there's a lot of questions to it. I was, I was going to say it's something that came at such um, great timing and earlier than anticipated. Yeah. Um, and that came earlier than anticipated because um, the system wasn't rushed. People just worked more. Uh, and I can just attest from that being married to one of those researchers that, um, you know, they had a six hour phone call on New Year's Day and they were on the phone on New Year's Eve and that planning, that level of, of every weekend and every evening has been going on since um, April, May, getting ready for these vaccine launches. Right. Um, and so that's, again, really different than bringing a disease that is not causing a pandemic and um, killing 4,000 Americans a day yeah. on the market. Yeah. And as somebody, I used to work in the clinical trial uh, industry many years ago, and I know there's no shortcuts to any of this. So um, I, I really have to applaud your wife and so many people that have worked so hard through, through this whole process. So um, me too. You. And you know, that thanks goes um, to uh, all of our ERS staff um, at, 
at every level of the organization, it's a real honor to work at their side uh, in such a hard time. And it's part of why um, it was important to do my part and get vaccinated, mm -hmm. to keep them safe, to keep their parents um, and their children safe. Um, I think this is something that we do for each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your leadership and thank you so much for joining us this week. And uh, we'll have to look forward to getting together here in the near future to, uh, to catch up. I will look forward to it, Brian. Thanks for your time and interest and thanks for listeners. Brian, Dr. Jeff is such a great authority on this uh, vaccine. He really alleviated any fears that I might have and I hope any that our listeners might have. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed talking to Dr. Jeff. He's so passionate about our our residents and and our staff, and and you know he's got a unique uh, viewpoint, you know, not only as our medical director and serving older adults who are most vulnerable to COVID, but also with his wife's background uh, and, and experience in in researching this vaccine. So he was really, I think, a perfect guest to kind of help spread some some great knowledge about the vaccine and, and how safe it is and how much good it's going to do. Absolutely. And having that uh, resource that is an authority and can be trusted is so important um, at this time to have that uh, as part of our leadership here. Well, speaking of leadership, um, I'm excited to hear um, what uh, you and our president and CEO, Laura Lamb, have to talk about this week. So we're back now in a new year with President and CEO, Laura Lamb. Hi, Laura. How are you? Hi, Brian. How are you doing? Good. Happy New Year. I hope you had a good uh, holiday and a, and a great, uh, great New Year celebration. I sure did. The name of the game was quiet, just that, the way I like it. Exactly. Exactly. Just, uh, it was just myself, the wife, and the kids this year. But, uh, but not nice all nonetheless. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I thought I'd start uh, this week. Um, our theme's been kind of on the vaccination, and, and, and I thought uh, with you being here, we'd, we'd just check in to see where we were uh, on our communities and uh, the, the vaccination process. Great, Brian. Yes, we've made a lot of headway since the last time you and I've chatted. Mm -hmm. So um, as you know, um, our retirement communities are in... Um, the, the top priorities of getting the vaccine um, mm -hmm. from the government. And we're so, so excited about that. But there's been a lot of, <laughs> a lot of time and space between when our communities are vaccinated. So right. um, as you know, Episcopal Church Home in Louisville had their first vaccination clinic in um, right before actually Christmas on December 23rd. Mm -hmm. And that was so exciting. And um, so that sets you up into a three-week cycle because the Pfizer vaccine is the vaccine that um, the states are providing to retirement communities. And mm -hmm. that is a two-dose um, vaccine that needs to be administered three weeks apart. So, right. so then uh, next up was Dupree House and Cottages. And their first vaccine was right after the first of the year. Right. Um, last Tuesday, and um, we had really great attendance and a lot of enthusiasm for that. 
And then, then we kept waiting and waiting and waiting for Marjorie P. Lee and thought, we kept looking at our email, we contacted Leading Age, Ohio, we even contacted the governor's office because, again, our other two communities already had dates. So the good news is that Marjorie Lee's first clinic is this Thursday. So right. we're so excited because that means each one of our retirement communities are in process and um, will be vaccinated soon. Well, that's, that's wonderful. And I think a, a second date coming up at ECH soon as well. Correct. This Wednesday is there marks their three weeks since the first vaccine. So wow. that's wonderful. Yeah, that's great. And you, you mentioned uh, a lot of enthusiasm. Um, how has the vaccine been received by the staff and our, and our residents so far? Well, I tell you, it's been my privilege um, to be on site. I was on site um, last Tuesday at the Dupree um, vaccination clinic. And yep. the you, you could feel the enthusiasm. You could feel the excitement. And Beverly Edwards, I think, said it best before her vaccination clinic. Um, we did a prayer service with our bishop. Bishop White came uh -huh. on site and um, blessed our clinic. And Beverly and her remarks said that this is, this is an important day. This is a day that we as residents and staff can fight back against this terrible, terrible disease. Okay. And that's how I, that's how I think many of us feel. It's something tangible. Yeah. It's something to help us. Yeah. It's something to help society because We've all know this concept called herd immunity, which means right. lots of us need to take it, not just one of us. Right. So I that was really fun to be a part of that excitement and enthusiasm. That's great. That's great. And and I know there's there's been some hesitancy out in the general public and even been some reported amongst healthcare workers, but um, you've created an initiative for our, our staff and for the public and for residents um, called the, the why, the why campaign, I guess. Um, and can, can you talk a little bit about, um, what that is and, and, um, and, and I guess why you started doing it? <laughs> That's funny. Why did I do the why? <laughs> why you did the why? Thank you for asking. Um, you know, it, it just started, um, like right after our ECH clinic, it just, became clear to me that everybody had access to different information. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel so fortunate in, in some regards, I've been living, breathing the coronavirus. So I, I feel like on the scale of access to information, I have right. a lot of information. Right. And as I was talking to people that were hesitant about taking the, the vaccine, mm -hmm. um, they, they didn't have all the information that they needed to mm -hmm. have an informed decision. Yeah. So, so it was in that, how can we get, how can we educate people that that came up? Um, and so it's really twofold. It's one, making sure that people have the science, have the data, Right. understand the vaccine and what it can and can't do and you know mm -hmm. what the side effects are and that right. sort of thing but the other is just understanding 
how other, our peers are making their decisions and sharing that with people. Because again, we only know what we know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your experience helps inform my experience and helps me learn more. So if I hear why you're taking it, you know, that, that may cause me to think about something, maybe do some research and maybe make a different decision that I would have, um, than I would, I would have had if I didn't have your information. Right. So, so the videos are from our staff, from all uh, cross section of the organization, just answering the question, you know, what is your why? Why are you taking the vaccine? Yeah. Well, and I, I, I think, you know, it, it really puts it in a nice framework for people to understand those kind of diverse reasons. And then, as you talked about, have some facts as well. And I, I know last week you um, the one, one of the medical directors within ERS, Dr. Jeff, um, uh, spoke with our staff, and I, that that seemed to be very helpful for a lot of employees to understand as well. Yeah, he did a great job, didn't he? And I think he's going to be a guest on our podcast. Yeah. He, yes. um, he's wonderful and just just rooted in in science and data and um, very easy to talk with and to and. Mm-hmm. Um, the staff really appreciated him taking the time. We were on the call for more than an hour and he yeah. just kept asking or answering all the questions that the staff had. Right. And they were great questions. Great mm-hmm. questions. For sure. Well, and and I think, uh, you know, at some point we're, we're going to put all these videos up on our website. If people visit our coronavirus page, we'll have a link to all the videos of, you know, why people are choosing to, to vaccinate, which is, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we're doing that, Brian, because I'll tell you the videos are so powerful, like you said. And what I, what I enjoy about them too, is just the different perspective, you know, Mm -hmm. to hear Beverly talk about, she's doing it because of the people that she loves Mm -hmm. and Joy Blang, who has, um, both of her parents live in our communities, um, and one unfortunately has passed away. Her mother yeah. just recently. Yeah. Um, to hear her just very personal and passionate plea, mm-hmm. um, just it, it. I, it, I don't know how you can hear the or see the videos and not at least think about how many different whys there are that you might want to consider it. Right. Right. And I know you had an opportunity to get vaccinated at Dupree House. So is it what can I ask what your why is? Oh, yeah, Brian. Um, very similar. So, you know, here I am a biology nerd. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I can limit my exposure more than others. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing it because I want to be a part of something more than my health and the health of my family. Right. I, I want to do it for our residents that, mm-hmm. you know, haven't, some of our residents haven't hugged their loved ones since March 16th. Right. So if, if I can be a part of, I want to be a part of the herd, Brian. Right. I, yeah. I want to be a part <laughs> of something bigger than myself. And if taking the vaccine helps our society open up one day earlier, mm-hmm. and I'm all in. Yeah. I'm all in. 
yeah, I think I feel the same way that if I can be a part of the solution and get us one day closer to having everybody see their loved ones and be with their loved ones again, um, I, that, that sounds like a, a really happy day to me. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, Laura, thank you so much for uh, joining us again in a new year. And uh, we'll really look forward to many more of these conversations here in 2021. Great, Brian. Thank you for your time. Brian, it was uh, so good to hear from Laura. All the things that are happening to support our efforts to spread the word that the vaccine is not only safe, but important to protect all of our residents. You know, it's a great way to start off the new year, I think, with some some good news about um, the vaccine and, and our residents and our staff. Um, um, getting vaccinated. And so she provided that great update. But, you know, more importantly, just convincing the public that it's so important for us all to get vaccinated so that we can really take care of the people that we serve day in, day out, and hopefully get back to normal um, as quickly as possible. Absolutely. Definitely. That's the goal is to, to get it to the point where we can be safe doing the, some of the things that we were doing. Although I know for it's going to be a while until we get back to the way things were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Several months, but we'll, we'll get there little by little. And I know the residents are really excited and so is our staff. Well, that's uh, it for our latest episode of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services, Uh, our first episode of 2021. What a great way to start. For more information about us, you can visit our website at EpiscopalRetirement.com. We have a lot of great content, including our Linkage online blog, resources to learn more about aging and the services we offer, and so much more. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube to see what's going on within ERS and our communities. If you have any questions or feedback for us, please email us at info at erslife.org. The Linkage Podcast is produced by Kristen Davenport and Brian Reynolds. Fiasha Davis is our associate producer, and our technical director is Michelle Hain. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Jeff, today, and, uh, and a special thank you for our president and CEO, Laura Lamb, for always being available to uh, provide an update. On behalf of myself, Brian Reynolds, and Kristen Davenport, thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to uh, joining, uh, you joining us for our podcast next week. Thanks so much, Kristen. Hey, Brian, great first episode. I'm looking forward to many more this year.